Hey, what is up, world? This is Kelly Hall. I cannot believe this. I'm kicking off my podcast now, and I'm so grateful that you're tuning into this message. In this pilot episode, I feel compelled to share all things Kelly, my background, my story, why I am the way that I am. I think it's important to lay some groundwork here so that way this entire series makes a lot more sense for you and you are able to get a better understanding of yourself. Um, So please grab the strongest cup of coffee. You know I have mine in hand and that every episode is going to be myself talking about myself for 30 minutes, I promise. But I do think this is important. So Let's dive right in. Welcome to the show. Guys, welcome to Misunderstood with Kelly Hall. I am Kelly Hall, your host, and I'm so excited for my first episode ever. This feels like a long time in the making, even though I just started building my podcast. Um, you know, I've been sitting on this idea of hosting a podcast for probably like a year and a half now, but everything, it seems so scary. And that's how things always start. It's always so, so scary and so terrifying. And you're filled with self-doubt and you don't think you can do it. And it's, you know, what everyone else is doing. And, um, you know, sometimes I think maybe I shouldn't add another thing to my plate. I shouldn't just be continually running a business or modeling or pageantry, or maybe I should just sit down and enjoy my career and my relationship. But I mean, come on people, when you feel compelled to reach a larger audience and when you have a message and, you know, I just feel like God places these words and this platform on my heart continually. So it would just be a shame not to share it. So, you know, when I look back and I think to so many different things I've experienced, uh, the ripe age of 27, this is stuff that everyone can benefit from. And I'm so grateful that I've been put in these positions, whether it's, um, you know, working hard in high school to go to the Naval Academy and going to a really rigorous school and then joining the Navy as an officer and being deployed on a ship and being on a ship and leading sailors and then starting a wedding photography business while being active duty, then moving 10 times in my life and going on to compete in Miss Ohio USA, then being contracted as a model. Like there's Now I'm in LA, I'm in Los Angeles and it's been awesome. And I just recently competed in a pageant, but you know what, through all of these experiences, I don't think I've ever walked away and been like, oof, that is my identifier. You know, I'm the girl that did X or Y or Z, or this is my brand. And then now I can finally put this in my Instagram bio. I've always just dabbled, dabbled, dabbled into all these things. And the Instagram bio has just always, always changed. And, um, I feel like I'm just in this revolving door, of passions and people and cities. And at the end of the day, I've worked so hard to gather experiences and life lessons from those things. So I know it seems like everyone is starting a podcast and oh my goodness, what does Kelly Hall have to say now? But I think that everything has led to this role of personal development. I'm so passionate about helping others do more, do more with their life and 
you know, really maximize their potential. And it's a super scary thing, you know, when you are scared and you're sitting in your living room and you're not sure what to do. Should I start a new Netflix show? Or maybe should I start a business? Or should I start a blog? Or no, 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 I'm just going to go to brunch. Like it's possible to do it all. You can do everything. And from what I've gathered, whether it's time management or priorities, that's what I want to share. But, you know, when I say that I don't feel like I have an identifier, it's because, you know, I really, over the last four years, I uh, invested, I'd say, 80% of my time into competing in the Miss USA state competitions. I started competing and I thought, you know what, if I win Miss Ohio USA or if I win Miss California USA, that's it. That's my identifier. That's my title. And I never won. I got runner-up, but I never won a Miss title. So that's what led into this podcast brand of Misunderstood. I feel like I am the absolute queen at being misunderstood. In pretty much every area of my life, I feel misunderstood. And so do so many others. So, you know, we walk into our professions or our personal life or our friendships or social media and in every way people are looking from the outside in and they just don't get it. So, you know, maybe I never won a title, but that's pretty much where I feel like my title is now. I am misunderstood for every part of the world. I am the champion of being misunderstood. Um, so that is what this is all about. You know, I want to explore this idea of how so many people, so many businesses, so many concepts are misunderstood and why we shouldn't overlook them, why we shouldn't judge them from the outside in. We should further understand, you know, people's journeys and how they got there and how they succeeded or how they failed. Um, and we can gather things from all of those life lessons. So for me, in today's episode, my very first, I'm so excited. I just really wanted to capitalize on these ideas of being misunderstood. And, you know, the three ways, and I'm obviously going to continue on throughout this season talking about how I'm misunderstood, but these are just the three initial ways that I feel the most misunderstood. And I've kind of captured them in just three short phrases. Um, I feel misunderstood and I have to protect my personality. I have to protect my passions and I have to protect my purpose. And through those three things, I've now come out from being misunderstood, a better understanding of who I am. So first and foremost, you know, I think let's backtrack it a little bit to the old good old high school days. I think a lot of people can relate to this part of my journey. Um, you know, my boyfriend, he talks about how cool he was in high school. He was like, you know, he was going to parties or was, you know, Mr. Social and did all the cool things and stayed out late. And I didn't have any of those experiences. I was such a nerd. And people are like, oh, I'm sure you were cute. No. Like, I post my high school pictures all the time because it's proof. The proof is in the pudding. I was not this, like, super cool, popular girl. You know, I was nice to people. So I was, like, on the map because people knew I was nice. But And I was class president 
So that helped, but I definitely was not cool. And I did the school news, so I would wear uh, like blazers and, you know, professional business attire so that way I could anchor the school news. Um, I also wore a briefcase to school and I dressed up for all of my exams because my mom was like, you are, you dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. So I'd be like, you're right. I want to be the president. So I'm going to dress professional. And everyone made fun of me. I mean, of course they did. I was such an easy target to be made fun of because I was a nerd. But I think, you know, I'd go home and I'd tell my mom, like, oh my gosh, people make fun of me for the way I dress or what I do or the fact that I study so much. She'd say, you know, Kelly, you are beautiful. You are smart. You need to embrace who you are. You know, when it comes to your future in three, four, five, ten years, they won't be there. And you have to plan for the future that you you want. And I'm like, you're right. I am strong. I am confident. And so I just owned it. I had kind of this blind confidence. Like I had no reason to be confident because I had like braces and I was skinny and all this, but I was, I was still confident. And that's what led to my journey into the Naval Academy. I knew I wanted to maximize my potential. So that's why I ended up applying and going to the Naval Academy. But again, I walked in with this like blind confidence. Um, You know, I knew that it would be tough. I knew that there would be guys who were six foot seven and strong and muscly and I'd be standing right next to them and I'd be obligated to do the same things that they were. And I kid you not, the very first day at the Naval Academy, we have something called induction day. So that's like our intro to boot camp. So our boot camp, air quotes, plebe summer, lasts eight weeks. And that's where, you know, you get yelled at and screamed at and you have inspections and you drill and you march and you run over logs and all of that crazy stuff. So, you know, my family, they kind of prepped me for that journey and how hard it was going to be, you know, that because I'm a female and because I'm 5'2", I already have a target on my back that you know, they're going to assume that you don't, you just can't, you can't do what everyone else is doing, that you're not going to be as loud or you're not going to be as strong. So the very first day, um, I mean, I was just swarmed by detailers. I mean, they saw me from a mile away, this like little midget walking in. And so they just started like attacking me and screaming and yelling. And I mean, at one point, I think I had like four detailers and there's 42 people in my company. The Naval Academy is split up into 30 companies. So there's 42 people in my company alone and they're all focused on me and yelling at me. And I'm like, what did I do here? So I just have to stand there and search straight eyes on the boat for those who know what that means and just take it. And so I just took it and just ignored it and just thought about everything my family had said, you know, like they're going to, they're going to find you and you're going to be a target because you're small. And so they did, they tried, you know, yelling and screaming that went on to day two, yelling and screaming. Um, well by day three and four, we started our physical fitness assessment tests and, Again, I think they just assumed that I would be this, like, very weak little woman. Um, But they had no idea I was being recruited to run track. That's why I went to the Naval Academy, to run the mile and the 800. 
So here we go. Physical fitness test. I'm, you know, in the middle of like 1200 bleeps that started bleep summer. And I have to do a mile and a half run, push-ups and sit-ups under two minutes. And I just had this little smile on the inside because I knew that would kill it. (laughs) So I, you know, they're still yelling and screaming and everything. And I do my mile and a half run. And I beat out a significant number of the males because, mind you, I'm now a D1 track athlete. So I kid you not, that changed the tide for the rest of Leap Summer because those same detailers who were, you know, like, she's so weak. She can't handle this. They were like, um, Machipman Board Class Hall just outran pretty much everyone here. <laughs> and, you know, that's how I was able to earn respect. And I'm not saying that you have to be, you know, this D1 athlete or collegiate runner or huge muscly person to gain respect. I just think, you know, people misunderstand what it means to be strong, like strong in our own ways. And my confidence, a lot of it came from my athleticism. So I knew that they could yell, they could pick, and they could push me around. But at the end of the day, I was going to keep up with the guys. I was going to keep up with everyone else. I wasn't going to be the person that would fall behind. So, you know, I had that confidence in myself walking into the Naval Academy. And, you know, when I talk about protecting my personality, it's because I knew that the physical challenges would be tough, but that was actually 2% of the challenge going into the Navy. What I faced and what I still face today is this protection of my my personality because it's just so frequently misunderstood. You know, as a woman in the Navy, there's this perception that you need to, you know, dial it back. You can't be outgoing. You can't, you can't speak out. You need to disagree with the men. And oh my goodness, you don't even dare wear makeup. Like, is that lip gloss? Take it off, you know? And I was told within the first few days of being at the Naval Academy that real officers don't wear makeup that you won't be taken seriously if you're wearing makeup. Like, don't even think about it. And that's always been a big passion of mine. I've always been very feminine and loved makeup and been the type of girl that, you know, even if I am going to track practice, I still have a full face of makeup on. Or if I'm running at a track meet, I still would dab on some lip gloss right before. And you can, you know, you can make fun of me and poke fun, but being aesthetically confident, like, doing my makeup and doing my hair, that helped me perform better. I felt better. I felt put together. So it's a small thing I could do every single day. So when I'm sitting there and thinking about how they're telling me not to do that, it's like, hmm, well, I've been told not to do a lot of things. um, And I just have to channel who I am, what makes me feel good, and know that these things don't have to be mutually exclusive. You know, I don't have to join the Navy and also sacrifice who I am and also sacrifice my personality. I am outgoing and I do speak my mind and I do wear makeup and I can still serve in the Navy. But as, you know, a plebe or a freshman at the Naval Academy, you are intimidated and you're like, oh, maybe I should change. I don't know. But I'm so glad that I didn't because in that opportunity, I had the chance to kind of conform to what you know, my superiors were telling me or what female um, officers were telling me. 
But deep down, I knew I had the option to still be myself. It might be harder, might not be the most popular choice, but I would feel better if I stayed true to who I was. So, you know, I decided while well, the Naval Academy, I would continue being feminine and wearing makeup. And I got pushed back and I ignored it. And you know what? Even my peers, I think, started to see me differently. They didn't always respect what I had to say or the decisions I was making because I was just this 5'2 girl with a full face of makeup trying to, you know, speak my voice at the Naval Academy. And people would be like, oh, sure, yeah. And they kind of dismissed me. But I knew my intention. I knew who I was. So that has continued on through the Naval Academy as well, or through my journey in the Navy, you know, commissioning and being on a ship, being told not to be feminine or not to speak my voice or this and that. And I was genuinely exhausted because for the first year, I tried to be someone who I wasn't on the ship. I would try to be tough and stern and not smile. I would actively tell myself not to smile. I'd be like, no, you need to be really intense. And then I would come home drained. And I realized once I kind of self-reflected, it's because I was, I just thought I needed to be someone else. And that's a huge misunderstanding. You know, because just because what you're doing as a career doesn't potentially align with the stereotype of who you are does not mean you have to sacrifice it. It 100% doesn't. If you self-reflect and realize like you are competent, you are skilled, you are smart, and you can do that job, there's no reason you can't have passions outside of work or look a certain way or do something untraditional. And I'm so grateful for those those early lessons because, um, you know, even now as a lieutenant in the Navy, I walk into briefs and I've had commanding officers immediately start laughing. I am not kidding. I've had them laugh when I walk into the room and I'm like, you know, sir, ma'am, what's up? Like, did I do something wrong? They're like, no, no, just interested to see how this goes. I'm like, wow, I feel like if I was a man that you would not say that. But because I'm the size I am and I look the way that I do, you just kind of immediately assume that I can't handle it. And then I walk in and I crush a meeting and people shut up later. So channel those early lessons and think back to those early moments when you are being challenged because those will – continue throughout your entire life. And when you've kind of stood up against them early on, you get better and better and better at shielding yourself from them later. Um, So that's rolled into this next chapter of protecting my passions. So another huge misunderstanding is why I even started pageantry to begin with. And you're right. I have it does not align with the Navy. Like you're totally correct. These two things, these two ideas of going from the Naval Academy on a ship into the Navy, working as a Naval officer, and then, oops, I'm just going to compete in Miss Ohio USA. They're not on this like parallel plan. Um, But I was moving to Columbus, Ohio, and 
had no friends. I just got ripped away from my family in San Diego and all my best friends, and I'm being sent to the Midwest. And I'm not kidding. I was devastated. Um, you know, cried multiple times, thought my life was over. But, hey, I joined the Navy, and that's the point. You go where you're told. So I'm sitting in a hotel room, and I saw a commercial for Miss America. And when I Googled it, I was – actually ineligible for Miss America because I was 24 and the age cutoff was 24. But doing research, I found this is such a great way to meet other women. You know, there's 50 like-minded, strong women who are serious about their platforms and their futures. Hey, they happen to like makeup too. And I was like, that's golden. You know, I, I really like, you know, pushing myself and figuring out what I want to do and I'm running a business and hey, I happen to wear makeup too. So I felt like that was my scene. And I kid you not, I had no intention, none of telling the Navy, none, because I knew the stigma. I mean, people in the Navy didn't even like when I was wearing lip gloss. You think they're going to be okay with me competing in a Miss USA state competition wearing a bikini on stage and a full face of makeup and hair? And I'm a naval officer? Heck no. So, I mean, I already knew what I was facing with the complete intention of hiding it. Like, not posting on Instagram, not posting on Facebook, (laughs) just showing up because I wanted to make friends. That was it. So, ultimately, I applied and I got accepted to Miss Ohio USA and it was six weeks away. That just goes to show, like, my lack of preparation because I was like, well, well, six six weeks away, like I'm not going to win, but hey, I might meet some people in the process. So the director, Kim Hayes, reaches out and she goes, hey, thrilled to have you on board. Love that you're in the Navy. However, because you're active duty, we need you to get a full release from the Navy for you to compete. Because if you win and go on to Miss USA, we need to know that they're not going to deploy you and you have no obligation. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I'll be fine. I'm working in a human resources position. Like, I'm not going to deploy anytime soon. I could totally do this. She's like, nope, nope. Need written permission from your commanding officer. So very first day I'm checking on board in Navy recruiting in Columbus, Ohio, I have to sit down in front of my commanding officer to meet her, but also to request permission to compete in a pageant. And I was petrified. I mean – To walk in and request anything is already terrifying, like a day off. But here I am requesting participation to compete in the Miss USA state pageant. Pretty unprecedented and unheard of. So I sit down and I meet Commander Esther Bob at the time. And she just, she sat down with me and she goes, you know what? We're in recruiting. We need new ideas and you're a millennial we need the millennial mindset and we're here to change the tide of recruiting and you know and I'm she's very passionate very inspired and I'm like huh this actually might work in my favor so she kind of turns to me and she's like what are your ideas what would you like to bring to the table in recruiting and little lieutenant jg kelly hall just slides in well ma'am I actually was thinking about competing in Miss Ohio USA in five weeks. She goes, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. She's like, what do you need? We're going to get your face in the newspaper, in a magazine. We're going to send our public affairs officer. And I'm like, whoa. 
Um, a little overwhelming because it was not my intention to represent the Navy right off the bat. But having her full support really meant so much to me. Um, and I channeled that because starting out in pageantry was – it was actually very tough. Um, you know, I was cyberbullied and that's something I will go on in a later episode. But, you know, I had this decision of am I going to do something that's really unconventional and potentially unpopular um, or am I not? Am I not? And, you know, am I ready to kind of put my name out there and be that naval officer that competed in a pageant? Well, thank goodness I did because I competed in Miss Ohio USA not once, not twice, but three times. I finished my third year as fourth runner-up. I won Miss Congeniality all three years that I lived in Ohio and competed. And, you know, I made one of my best friends, sisters, but also a series of other best friends and sisters from the the pageant. So I walked away with exactly what my intention was. What I did not expect, you know, I said earlier, competing in a pageant and being in the Navy was not on a parallel path. They actually are so synonymous. It's unreal. You know, I spent four years at the Naval Academy learning ethics and leadership and strength, but the amount of self-reflection that you endure while preparing for a pageant just to even get you on stage that's something i'm i'm going to channel for the rest of my life because i ended my pageant career i moved to los angeles you know about 4 months ago and i competed in miss california usa um i was born in california so it fit you know fit the glove that I would go and I would compete for my final pageant in Miss California and prepared harder than anything else in my entire life. And I lost, you know, I, I placed first runner up and a lot of people see that as, you know, that's a success. First runner up is huge, but I never won a title. However, through this process, I started living my life so intentional because that's, what you have to present in front of judges when you're competing for a Miss USA title. Who are you? What are you doing? What do you stand for? You know, not just what are words that describe you, but why? Why are you tenacious? Why are you powerful? Why are you hopeful? Why are you loyal? Like, why? And you can't be like, I don't know, because I'm nice. No, because I do X, Y, and Z. This is why I'm tenacious, because I've never given up. And you can't you can't fake going into the judges because you know this these pageants are multiple days long but then if you win you're crowned for a year you can't just put on a facade one day and then keep that up throughout the entire year you have to walk in full well knowing what you are and what you're capable of so my lessons from pageants have gone hand in hand with becoming a naval officer because I've been faced with so much pushback consistently in my career. Um, I can, I'm now, I'm still working in recruiting, but I approach recruiting in a very unconventional manner as well. I do a lot of social media recruiting. And when I checked on board in Ohio and I pitched the idea of recruiting over Facebook or Instagram, oh my word, people laughed at me. Senior officers laughed at me. I had a lieutenant commander tell me like, shush, shush, little lieutenant JG, you don't know anything about recruiting. I've been in recruiting for 15 years. 
that's great, but we're in this new chapter, in this new phase of, you know, socialization. What, you know, what you did 15 years ago is not what people are doing now. So, you know, getting mocked or ridiculed or told, you know, that's not a good idea. Well, I get told that every single day, pretty much. Anytime I have a new idea, someone shoots it down. But thankful for pageantry, I've learned that tenacity. I've learned to not give up. Um, You just have to approach things with such an open mind because you don't know. You're probably going to fail more than likely, and that's what I've done mostly throughout my life. But I've always come back out of situations stronger and better for every single one. So I've learned, you know, branding because of pageantry. I learned personal branding um, and that translated to recruiting. I learned, you know, people are following people and they're following your story. So why not tell my Navy story? And I've helped grow my brand on Instagram to recruit medical professionals and medical students, really making that impact. And you know, from pageantry, I became, um, I was accepted by a modeling agency out of Ohio. And again, people are like, oh, models, you know, this is such a misunderstanding of why people get into modeling. But I learned a lot about presentation, how to present myself in front of people, how to act, how to look, how to be. And now I work in front of cameras all the time for recruiting. You know, I host Army-Navy games and segments and online videos and tutorials and things like that. And I really contribute a lot of that to learning modeling. And who would have thought these things would go together and wrapped up in a little bow? But they do. Um, So I've had to protect my passions because modeling and pageantry and camera and photography and you know, putting yourself out there is consistently misunderstood as being vain, vanity. But these are also skills you need to have in order to pursue careers in PR or in media or recruiting. So I've protected those things and really walked away with a lot of new tools in my toolbox. And lastly, that goes right into protecting my purpose. I think I even... I misunderstand my purpose all the time. All the time. I don't know, you know, what is this journey I'm going on? You know, am I am I supposed to be Miss USA? Nope, not supposed to be Miss USA. Okay, great. Am I supposed to be an admiral? I don't know. Um, you know, am I supposed to be a full-time photographer and run my business? I don't think so. I just there's all of these things that I'm interested in and I've dabbled in. Um, you know, not many people have dabbled in, I say dabble, well, I'm full-time in the Navy, but military careers and pageantry and PR and modeling and entrepreneurship and public speaking, so many things that I have done and experienced. I've succeeded in ways that society would say I've succeeded in, whether it's placing high in Miss California, USA, or getting a business license, or becoming a lieutenant. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that people say there's success in all of those things. But for me, I'm still developing that idea of success. You know, I don't, I would not say I succeeded in pageantry because to me, I didn't win. But through self-reflection and through finding my purpose and protecting my purpose, I think that 
everything I have experienced, the tools, the skills, the confrontation, um, the ridicule has helped me become a better mentor to others because you might be the future Miss USA. You might be the next admiral. You might be the next full-time photographer wedding of the year for the not weddings. Like, you might be the next Gigi Hadid. I don't know. But if I can help give you the tools and the skills that I have learned in the process, that's success for me. So, you know, personal development and motivation to others is what I hope to do. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to my first episode. You know, I'm sitting here staring at my cup of coffee and I can't believe I just talked for 30 minutes without touching it. Um, For those who know, I'm obsessed with coffee. So clearly this might be the way for me to communicate with others, to inspire others. We all have a purpose. We do. There's something that, you know, God brought us on earth for, you know, whatever God you might believe in. um, He brought us here to be intentional for our destiny, to impact others. I think relationships impacting others is what is most important at the end of the day, who you touch with your life, who you build that connection with. And if I can connect with you in the future, if something I say resonates, if you're able to walk away more powerful, more confident, more self-assured, then I succeeded. And that is my success. So I hope you guys will tune in to more episodes uh, with Misunderstood. As I've said before, I may have never walked away with a Miss title, but I feel as though I am the queen of being misunderstood, and I can't wait to share the stories of others who are often misunderstood, um, you know, things throughout our lives that are misunderstood. That's what we're here for. We're here to dissect those things so we find our understanding. Uh, Thanks, you guys, so much for tuning in. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye. Hey, you. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you have 10 seconds in your day, please go and rate my podcast on Spotify. takes 10 seconds Oh, 10 seconds of your time means the world to me. You can also follow my podcast on Instagram at misunderstood.podcast or at Kelly Renee Hall for all the episode details. Stay tuned and see you next time on Misunderstood.